Good evening, everyone. This is Melinda with Women's Motorsports Network. Welcome to the radio show tonight. I'm going to apologize up front. My cough that I have had for almost a month has returned with a vengeance. So hopefully my guests will do most of the talking and I will do not very much talking. So I I want to apologize about that up front. Um, Women's Motorsports Network is being brought to you by the International Women's Motorsports Association. We were founded in November of 2017, and we are um, dedicated to connecting and celebrating the women involved in motorsports, whether it be drivers, track owners, concession stand workers, ticket takers, any woman involved in motorsports in any capacity of any age. In now or in the past, we want to connect all of them and share information, share ideas, share concerns, and that's why the International Women's Motorsports Association was founded. You can find us on Facebook. You can also go to our website, IWMA Nation. Check out our website. um, Become a member. Help us in our cause to connect and celebrate women all over the world uh, involved in motorsports. So tonight um, I have a, a new, another guest. Her name is Molly Pruitt. And it's, it's very cool how I continue to meet amazing women on Facebook. You know, I, I watch a lot of things that come across my Facebook feed. Um, that's how I'm seeing what women are doing in the motorsports world, and that's how I'm finding out names of women that I haven't heard before, and to add to our list of articles for the magazine for women that we can interview here on the radio show. And so it's, it's really fun because every woman has a story. Every one of them is different. The one common theme I think that I've seen from talking to women so far is a lot of women got into motorsports because of a father or uh, uncle that was in motorsports and they got interested which is a cool thing to see, a good connection for fathers and daughters to make and a, a bonding thing. It's, it's, you know, working hours in the shop on the car and working at the racetrack and all the things that you have to do to keep a race car going really takes dedication and commitment. And to see fathers and daughters and uncles and brothers and sons doing that together is, is just what makes motorsports one big family. And I love seeing that. And our association is all about that. We're all about connecting people. And we will have a a new magazine coming out in the next couple of days. The April issue of our magazine will be available for our members first. And then uh, later uh, we'll release just a couple things from the magazine to give you a taste of what it's like if you haven't seen it before. If you'd like to get the magazine every month and be part of our association, you can go to IWMANation.com. You can join our association for as little as $59 a year. And it's it's a great association to be a part of. um, Drew Jack is my guy helping me tonight. He's amazing. He's in charge of the Midwest Compact Touring Series. And Drew does a wonderful job and helps me on the technical end of this radio show. So I want to give him a shout out. And uh, Drew, whenever the uh, whenever Molly calls in, just let me know and on Facebook so we can go from there. Another one of our sponsors on the Women's Motorsports Network is Send Out Cards. And if you haven't heard of that before, then you need to make yourself familiar with it. If you're a race car owner, driver, um, if you own a track, you need to be showing appreciation to your fans, your crew, the drivers that come to your track. And Send Out Cards is a great tool to use for that. Um, it's It's an actual greeting card that comes in the mail with a real stamp. You can put your own pictures on it, and you can send it out for as little as $1.50, basically, plus postage. And it really does make an impact. Gary Howe at Kalamazoo Speedway has been using it for the last two or three years. He sends cards to all the winners each week. So five cards a week, 
he adds a box of brownies just to make it a little sweet treat. And he would be the first one to tell you that it has been an amazing uh, way to connect with drivers who maybe weren't his biggest fan or maybe he wasn't their biggest fan. And it's really built those relationships. So that's what Send Out Cards does. It helps you to build relationships. I'm actually in Salt Lake City right now. I'm sitting in my hotel room uh, doing this radio show because our convention is starting on Thursday. So I'm here with a few thousand other Send Out Card distributors, and we will be hearing about what's coming up new and exciting, and, and I will be sharing some of that with you folks in the future. So, um, Drew, is Molly on yet, or have we heard from her? Hmm. Not yet. Okay. So I guess you're going to have to hear me talk. Um, <clears throat> I've been working on the April issue of the magazine for our association, and it's amazing to me the ages of the women are so varied, so are the types of racing that they do, um, and where they come from. They're all over the place. They, they are, you know, in Texas and Florida and Canada and Australia and, <clears throat> excuse me. So, oh, I just got a note. Molly's on the line with us. So, Molly, uh, welcome to Women's Motorsports Network. Thank you for having me, Melinda. It's good to talk to you. So, uh, before you got on, I was mentioning how. I've met so many amazing women through Facebook, and I saw uh, something about you come across my feed that someone had mentioned, and I kind of went to your profile and checked you out and thought, this would be a, a young woman I'd like to interview and know more about. And so I reached out to you, and thankfully you agreed to be on our show tonight. So first of all, thank you for being with us. Um, the first thing I'd like you to do is to let our listeners know a little bit more about yourself. So why don't you tell us where you raised a little bit about yourself and your family. Um, just get us up to speed on who you are and what you do. Okay. Well, my name is Molly Pruitt, and I live in Portland, Oregon. And my family has been around drag racing for three generations. My grandfather raced, and my mom learned how to drive a car by pushing him with a push truck. Then my dad got into racing. So by the time I was born, there was racing in the family, and I haven't really not had racing. So now I race, and my three older brothers, they all have race cars, but my youngest brother doesn't drive. His wife actually drives, so my sister-in-law drives the hanging high car which has been around since the 70s so it's pretty nostalgic so that's exciting and that's what we do all summer long we race we go down to uh, Woodburn and then we go up to Mission Canada sometimes we go over to Boise and we just we have a blast it sounds like a a big family activity all summer long so if you're in Portland Oregon how soon does your racing start because I imagine it's too cold yet to race there yes it, it is we start our first race is april 21st they call it the tulip festival because woodburn has some tulip fields and they have a big tulip festival so they call it the tulip festival race but more times than not it usually rains so what we do is we show up get our points and we sit around and figure out what everybody's been doing all winter long and we socialize all weekend <laughs> so it's kind of a okay. great at the beginning of the season <laughs> That's you know that's important to catch up with all those other drivers and uh, find out what they've been doing all winter long. So I will apologize, Molly. Mm-hmm. I, I my my bad cough has returned, so I apologize for that um, ahead of time for you. So Molly, tell me a little bit about who helps you with your car. Mr. Craig Canham, my other half, and fortunate enough, his dad used to drive a nitro funny car that was like 200 miles an hour when he was a kid. And he is the crew chief for Pete Farrell that has a Pro Nostalgia Roadster that runs right around 200 miles an hour. And Pete used to crew on his dad's funny car. So he gets to do double duty. He gets to help both of us. 
that's awesome. So it's generation passing down to generation, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. Yes, it is. So how how fast does your car go? What's your what's the fastest time you've done? The fastest I've gone was a licensing pass in a front engine pro nostalgia injected car that ran 7.78 seconds at 171. Woo! So that was cooking. Yeah, that that would be cooking for me. So how how does that feel when you're in there? Um, Adrenaline rush, I'm sure. Just tell our listeners a little bit about what it feels like to go 170-some miles an hour. It's amazing. It actually pulls about two and a half Gs because there's sensors on it, and I can hook it up to the computer, and it'll tell me tons of things. Mm-hmm. And it leaves like a rocket. It actually goes, when I was driving it, I was just foot braking it, and I went 60 feet in 1.13 seconds. Whoa. And whoa. Things and so slow down when you go a little that fast, too. Does it does it seem like things are in slow motion? It does. It it's when the faster you go, it kind of seems a little slower. And then when I'm driving on the freeway, when I was done, I was you know you look at your speedometer and you're doing 55, and I'm thinking, I roll all the way over with the needle, thinking I was driving 170 miles an hour. 55 mm-hmm. seems really slow. Really slow. I you know I asked someone one time, and and you can answer this as well. I said to her, after you get off the racetrack and you get in your your daily driver. Are, do you tend to have a lead foot? And she, and she said, no. What about you? Do you tend to have a lead foot then out on the highway? Not particularly, just because I do get to go out on the racetrack. So I do drive responsibly just because one of my biggest fears is is getting in a wreck and causing harm to somebody. So it's, it's just not a safe thing to do. Right. Good. Good to hear that. Because I can see how that would be hard to transition from the racetrack then back to the road. So, so um, tell me, um, who are, do you have marketing partners and who they are? Let's give a little credit to those folks if you'd like to. Well, my biggest marketing partner is probably my job. <laughs> and not in sponsorship, okay. but just going to work every day <laughs> and getting a paycheck. Yeah, KP Industrial has been a huge sponsor for the year. They do bearings for the sheetrock dryers and all sorts of different supplies for Georgia Pacific and whatnot. So when I get my Facebook page up, I'll have to put some more information to promote them a little bit as well. Okay. But I'm just getting started, so it's going to be an adventure. Yeah, and that's that's good. You know, there's... There's always um, room for more partners on your car, isn't there? Absolutely. There's a lot of space there. That's right. So can you tell me, what is the proudest moment you've had in your racing career? Well, probably a couple of them. One is when I, I won the payday in the park at Portland International Raceway, and it was the race at, in the evening time because it was on a Wednesday night. And it was the first race I had won the actual, all of the rounds. And so I just, I was ecstatic. I mean, I, I saw my wind light came, come on and I was yelling in the car and I was so excited and it was fun. But the, one of the other proud moments is when I got to drive another front engine dragster and it had a 632 inch big block in it. It was a 200 mile an hour car and I drove it at night. And it had a hood scoop on the motor, so you can't see in front of you. You literally, when you come back from the return road, you, you swerve kind of right and left so you can see in front of you. Mm-hmm. So I left spinning, and in the eighth mile, I did 141 miles an hour. Whoa. Very yeah, fun. That, and that sounds like so much fun. fun. Oh, it yeah. does. It just ripped your face off the whole time. If you had your foot <laughs> on the gas pedal, it was just setting you back. It was amazing. Yeah, that's a, I can hear it in your voice how much fun it was. You're remembering it. So what is oh, it yeah. that you enjoy most about racing? Probably the time with my family and all of our friends and our racing friends and, of course, the thrill of it, just the thrill of the speed and, and the competition. It's It's just second to none. It's just great. Yeah. People who are not involved in racing 
Um, I just had this conversation with someone whose son plays baseball. The people who are involved in racing really, truly become a family. And in the truest sense of the word that we get along and sometimes we don't get along. But that's how families are as well. Whereas, like, her son plays baseball, and they're a team, but they, it's not the same. And it's hard to explain that to people, I, I think. And, and I, I know, like, when people have adversity, it's great to know you have a big family behind you that's going to help out. And it's different than any other sport. At least I feel that way. So <clears throat> you haven't started racing yet. How much work do you do in the winter between the time you end the racing and, and you start again in the April do you have to do a lot to your car? Do you park it and then get it out? You know, tell me a little bit about what you have to do to get it ready for the season. Well, I, we just got this car at the end of December and it's ready to go. So I don't really have much maintenance to do on it, but typically when you have it for a year, you check it, you might need new, they call it freshen it up where you might need new rings and, kind of go through and you can take all the body panels off if it's a dragster you take the top off and and you really just look at every single little detail you check all your welds and you look for cracks and you check your brakes i mean you literally go over the whole thing with a fine tooth comb okay all right so you've probably already done that or you're in the process of doing that you've got a couple weeks yet before you race it's in the trailer ready to go it's oh, all but so you're done. You're done. We're jumping at the bit. You're just yep. waiting for the weather to break so you can race. So right. we're how planning many, how many to... years have you been doing this? Go ahead. Oh, um, years. I started driving in 2004, so it's about 14 okay. years with some, wow. you know, stints in there where I wasn't. So it, it's yeah. been a while. I've been around it. I remember my mom told me they left me at home when Dad went to the Winter Nationals in California and raced his 41 Willies because I was only one and in diapers. So <laughs> I, I've been to the racetrack and don't even have memories of it. Right, right. You and and so many others out there like you. It's it's amazing the stories I hear. Mm-hmm. So what is your car? What is your, your car has a name? Why don't you tell us about the name, at least that I saw on the car, the name, the car number. Tell us how that all came about. Well, the name, the slightly is Ron Austin's, and he's the chassis builder, amazing chassis builder. I mean, the car is a piece of art. And so this was the first car that he built, and him and his wife, agreed to sell it to us which I honestly was flattered because it is a flawless car they've won six championships with it and he goes on now he's building chassis for other people and he's not racing at the moment but rumor is he may come back someday and start racing again and I asked him if he wanted the slightly twisted back you know because it was his and he says no he says that's that's okay and you know, I am the only girl in my family. I have on both sides. I have no girl cousins. I have no sisters. I just have three brothers and all male cousins. And so my brothers have incorporated the family as Pruitt brothers because they always wanted, you know, the Pruitt brothers racing. So uh-huh. when I had the slightly twisted, it was some friends idea they go you know what you ought to take a little stamp and just put sister on there so now i get to be the slightly twisted sister so i love track everybody yeah they just love it i love it too that's that's amazing that's very cool so yeah in the so 14 it's, years you've raced is there someone that you you're like your favorite person to race against or your what is it you know out there or who is it that you love when the two of you are paired against each other? The one that makes me laugh the most is probably racing my brothers in time trials, just because mm-hmm. I'm the youngest and I get a foot cramp sticking the throttle through the firewall because I want to beat them so bad I can't stand it. <laughs> so you're the youngest that, in your family? Yes. Okay. Yep. 
the okay. youngest and the only girl. Yeah, I, that's amazing. So I bet you were a little spoiled growing up. Not really. They probably would have tossed me and left me off the road if mom and dad wouldn't make them go get me. <laughs> oh, I doubt that. So, I had so, to be a little so bit Molly, of a are there? Yeah, well, you have to be if you have three brothers. So are yeah. there other girls or women that you race against or that you know that race in your same area? We do. We do. Like I said, my sister-in-law races the Hanging High 55 which is pretty famous. And then um, Casey Pitts, this is a lady you're going to have to get in touch with. She has been driving at Woodburn forever, and she went into a front-engine dragster in pro nostalgia last year, and she was finished number two, and she's run uh, 690s. So she went from driving on probably eight-second Roadster to running 690s, and Hmm. she ran 199.93 miles an hour. Ooh. And they they got the rookie of the year last year. Okay. I'm going to have to get her information from you. I think she might be 20. 20 years old. Yes. And she does phenomenal. Oh, yeah. She's she's amazing. Her focus, she goes out just one after another. And wow. then Sally Sylvester drives the Thunderbolt dragster. She runs in the sevens. And so she and what's really neat is some of the people we race with, their moms used to drive back in the day. Uh-huh. So they share stories and pictures on Facebook. And it's really neat. That that is neat. I'd love to see that. You know, again, racing is a sport that can go from generation to generation, unlike a lot of other sports out there. And Mm -hmm. that's another thing I love about it. I just, I'm passionate about racing, that's for sure. So, Molly, if someone said to you, I'm thinking about getting involved in drag racing or motorsports of some kind, um, what would you say to that person? Do you think it's a good sport for girls to be involved in and why? Well, the first advice I'd say save a lot of money, and I think <laughs> yeah. it's a great. <laughs> I think it's a great sport for girls to get involved in because it gives them confidence. And I have to admit, of all the people that I've raced with over the years, and especially the small group at Portland International Raceway, they have all been so welcoming to me because there aren't very many girls that race out there. And kind to me, but I tell you, when you get up to that Christmas tree, all bets are off. I mean, they they want to win. They want to beat me no matter what. But they are so welcoming. It's unbelievable. So, yeah, I would say it's a great thing. And what's really neat is, like, the Woodburn Drag Strip, they have a junior dragster program where you can actually mm-hmm. go and rent junior dragsters for the kids so they can see if they like it. And the Frank Holly Driving School comes through Woodburn. So you can literally go out and license in a 10-second dragster, a full-size one, if you wanted to. Well, that's, that's very cool. That gives kids an opportunity to try it before you invest a whole lot of money into something that you find out that's really not your thing. So exactly. That's a, that's a great program. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what do your friends think about your racing or your coworkers? Well, my friends think it's pretty neat. My coworkers just think I'm crazy. They look at me like I'm <laughs> speaking a foreign language. They just they don't really get it. Yeah. They think it's neat, but they just don't they don't understand. They they don't, you know, some of them have come out to the racetrack and and I think it really has to do if people have a passion for cars or racing in general. Mhm. But they all yeah. support me 110%. That's good. That's good. So what's your favorite part of the off-season, and what's your favorite part of the season? Favorite part of the off-season? Well, probably the holidays that I get to spend with my family and visiting friends and 
might get to go to the beach and plan out what you want to do the next year. But the off season doesn't seem all that long. And we talk a lot about racing, honestly. Yeah. Christmas, Thanksgiving. I mean, it all centers around the racing. Yeah, because your whole family is involved. So that makes a big difference, which is, you know, it's just like um, if you're a baseball family, you talk baseball, but a racing family, you never get away from it, I'm sure. So what's your favorite part of the season? Is it is it the actual um, driving down the, you know, racing? Is it preparing? Is it the people? What is your very favorite part of, of being involved in the season? It's the people. I mean, the thrill of it would be second, and of of course there's a passion for the racing, but what's really neat is when you're sitting in the pits and everybody's walking by, and the faces, especially on the little kids, and they'll walk up and they look at it, because we take it for granted that you look down at some of these race cars and you're not sitting six inches off the ground. And people don't get a chance to walk up and see a, you know, a 200 or 150 mile an hour race car that up close and what's really cool is you ask the little kids go do you want to sit in that and some of them they'll just jump on it and you put them in there and then they're just so excited and they're looking around and and then go well do you have a phone on you to take a picture because they're so excited they're not even thinking about taking pictures and so that has to be I mean that's what it's all about sharing it with people that come out and just to see how happy it makes people it, yeah, it, that in itself makes it worth it. No, I I totally agree. My granddaughter races. Um, she raced for the she raced quarter midgets, and then last year she raced uh, a bigger car. It's a big we call it the big track. And mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me, the little girls that would come up to her and get her autograph on autograph night just Aww. have the biggest eyes and just look up to those girls. And that's, that's what people do, you know, when they come to see you as well. One, you know, it's, it's a beautiful car and it's a dragster. And two, it's a woman driving it. So mm-hmm. it draws a lot of attention, I'm sure. And I, I know that she let little kids sit in her car and it's the same experience. You know, they love being able to do that. Oh, so, yeah. Some people think that a woman driving a drag car or dragster is very daring. Um, would you say you're a, you're a person that is very daring? And what else have you done outside of racing that would be daring or not? I don't know if I'd call myself daring, but I like to try new things. I always tell people, I joke around, I said, I don't know any better because I've been raised around it forever. But the very mm-hmm. first pass that I took in a dragster was an eighth mile, and you can't go quicker than 5.39 seconds in the eighth without a license. And the very first pass, I'd go down, and I mashed on the gas and let up, mashed on the gas. So I kind of barked it all the way down, and I came back, and I said, that's really cool because when you mash on the gas, it goes straight. Because, you know, in a normal car, if you mash on the gas, the rear end always kicks out sideways, and you got to steer it. So the next mm-hmm. one... I did. I just mashed it and just went. I, I think I ran like a 541. <laughs> I kind of got hollered at because, like, you can't go that fast. If you go quicker than that, you're going to me out of here because you don't have a license. Right. And then it was on. <laughs> then it was on. Yes. It was, you know, it was just, it was fun. So and I'm what, sorry. I forgot know, the second part you asked. Um, I, I, well, you answered it. You said you're about whether you're daring or not. So, you know, we have all different kinds of, I interview all different kinds of women involved in all different kinds of racing. So why don't you maybe explain to our listeners what it is when you say about getting a license? Because my granddaughter only had to be 14 years old, and she could go out on the track and race the car. She didn't have to have a license. So why don't you explain a little bit about what it takes to get a license and what's the process and what does that all mean? Well, the NHRA requires it if you go quicker than 10 seconds in the quarter mile. And then there's different things. You have to have tie-downs for your battery and fuel cell and roll cages and, and the safety equipment changes. So if you run slower than 10 seconds in the quarter mile, like if you had a 12-second street car, you know, the muscle cars, you don't have to have a license. 
And what okay. you do to get a license, you go to the NHRA website, and there's a form, and you have to go get a physical. And you go out and you make passes, and they, you know, you make launch passes and mid passes and full passes, and then you have two other licensed drivers sign off on it, and then the track manager mm-hmm. signs off on it, and then you write your check, pay the money to NHRA, and they send you back a license that looks like it came out of a Cracker Jack box. Okay. <laughs> it's really so, cool looking, but it's a little flimsy piece of paper. It's kind of funny. Yeah. So there is a process that you have to go through to do that. You can't just, excuse me, walk out on the track, jump in the car and go, obviously, because that would be dangerous to you and everyone else involved around. Exactly. And there's different licenses, like the the wheelbase. There's a 125-inch and less wheelbase or more, so you have to get a license if you want a long car or a short car. Or if you then there's an advanced ET license if you go quicker than seven and a half seconds. So it, it okay. graduates in in speed of different license. I mean, it's the same process, but you, it still has to be signed off on. Right. Okay. So the tracks, you mentioned different tracks that you go to. So is there a track that you would like to race at um, kind of on your bucket list? Well, me personally, I've been down to Bakersfield, California, and helped crew on a car down there and it is the it's like the Oscars for racing. They have nostalgic cars that come from all over the world. They have them from New Zealand, there's guys there from Scotland and they're just the neatest, nicest cars collection anywhere. And so I'd like to go race down there in the next couple of years and I would like to go down to Pomona. Because that's okay. where the racing for the NHRA circuit starts in the Winter Nationals mm-hmm. in February, and that's where their tour ends in November in the World Finals. Yeah, so that'd be a, that's, that's on my list to go see that one day too. I ha- my my bucket list is getting longer as I interview people. <laughs> I just keep adding things mm-hmm. to <laughs> to it. Good for you. So, yeah, I asked you earlier what your proudest moment was. But I'm also going to ask you, what is your most memorable moment? Because it's probably not the same thing. Hmm. That would be interesting. Most memorable. Mm -hmm. There's been so many moments. So many moments. I mean, there's, there's, there's just... So, so Give us many. a couple. Well, is it is it more that? about the win or is it about something that happened during the the event? It's always fun if you're the quicker car and we're bracket racing to chase somebody down. That's always a good time. But there's mm-hmm. there's there's also I don't even know where to begin. It, it's just the whole thing. I mean, it, it's getting ready. It's, I love doing burnouts, especially because you get a roll because you don't have front brakes. That's a blast. And the anticipation when you look at the tree and when you stage and watching it drop and let go and just mashing on the gas and it sets you back and throws you down the track, it's just it's just second to none. I mean, it's I just can't explain in words how much fun it is. And yeah, you it's hard. To, it's, and, right. It's hard to explain to someone who hasn't experienced it, I would guess. Yeah, it is. I mean, it, it, I'm so used to it is the reason that I, I know I take it for granted to a point, but I mm-hmm. respect it because it is, you know, it can be very dangerous. So right. the checks and balances right. are very, I mean, we very take very good care of that. Yeah, yeah, that's good. So, do you race like in a series, or do you? Does your track have races weekly, or how does that work? Where you go to race? They the track has different races. They'll have Mopar races and the diesel truck races. So the Pro Nostalgia and the Dragster Roadster kind of go every three or four. So I think 
we've mapped out like 12, like 12, um, 12 races this year. Okay. Yeah, so we, we're going to go up to Mission Canada twice, and we go up to Bremerton once, and I think the other six are in Woodburn. And then for fun, outside of this series, we're going to go over to Madras, where they have their two nostalgia races at that track in eastern Oregon. And that was okay. That's a ton of fun because it, the whole family, it's literally like a family reunion. My cousins and aunts and uncles from both sides of my family show up. And I mean, we've had 80 people out there at a potluck. It's just great. Wow. And that the, sounds delicious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it is. And <clears> so my, my aunt Claudia's birthday that weekend. So we celebrate that. And mm-hmm. we're looking forward to going to the Halloween race in Yakima. That's one thing we're going to try and do. All right. But I do so I have go ahead. Remembered my most fabulous moment. Okay, good. So, so when I wasn't driving last year, both of my older brothers were driving in Pro Nostalgia. And one has a roadster and one has a, a front engine car. And Pro Nostalgia is basically you run seven point nine nine seconds or quicker and they have to be injected or blown so they don't have carburetors. And my brother Mark and Nick were going up, and you have to actually put fuel in the butterflies to get them to start because mm-hmm. they're alcohol, but you start them on gasoline. And I was starting my brother Nick, and my youngest brother Kirk was starting Mark, and all four of us were on the starting line at the same time. And time just kind of stopped for me. I was thinking, how cool is this? How many families have their four kids as adults mm-hmm. all out? on the drag strip at the starting line at the same time. And do you have a picture of that? Yes, I do. I yep, would love I was to see that picture. I would love to see that picture. That is, that's probably one in a million. I mean, think about it. Mm-hmm. Four of you. Mm-hmm. All on the same it gives me goosebumps. Yep. It gives me goosebumps too. Yeah. Wow. It made me so proud. And I told the boys, I said, do you guys realize just what happened there? I'm hollering. I'm like, yeah, get your phone, get some pictures. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that men. um, (laughs) I'm not sure that men grasp the kind of uh, enormity of that or the how unusual that is. But I'm glad you did. I'm glad there's a picture. So, yeah. Yes. Send me that picture. I'd love to see that. We'll do. So I have a question here from one of our listeners. It says. How do you relate to the younger race fans in drag racing, and do they allow kids to come to the pits? Yes, there's the pits are open. Like back in the day, you used to have a pit pass, and they would restrict where you could go. Now it's open. You can walk right up to the cars and the people, and we welcome all of them. Welcome them with open arms and questions, and, of course, you have to – watch for safety reasons when we fire up mm-hmm. and make sure there aren't anybody around or right next to it. And we have to make sure that the little ones don't get next to the headers because you don't want anybody to get burnt. But that's mm-hmm. like I said, that's what it's all about. Letting, inviting yeah. the young ones and explaining to them. And one time I went to Costco and I didn't have any hero cards made up, but I got like a hundred photos, you know, there are four different ones and the kids would come up and I just give them one. I say, do you want the driver to sign it? So I'd go get them to sign it. And oh, they just beamed. You know, they had something yeah. they could take home with them to, to right. remember it. It's a big deal to a kid. I mean, I can remember when my son mm-hmm. was little, and that's really how I got started loving racing. And oh, it was such a big deal to go to the pits after the race or to get a hero card and sign. It was a big deal, and it is a big deal for those kids. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's important. So um, let me see where I'm at here on my question list. I kind of got off, off off track here. So you have a Facebook page. Do you, you know, three brothers and a sister that are driving or drag racing, it's pretty unusual. We've already figured that out. Um, do you promote, like, what you do on Facebook, or how do you let people know that you're racing? Um, what, do you, what do you do? Do you use social media at all to market your team? We haven't yet. It's on the books. Okay. Definitely on the books. 
<clears throat> okay. So I'll be watching for that for when you get that going. So tell me now, um, what kind of – does it take a lot of strength um, to to drag race? You know, I know my granddaughter, you know, she races the other kind of cars and and – different different qualities that it takes to do that. What would you say is the the thing that your is your greatest strength or what do you have to learn to do a drag to be a good drag racer? I don't think it's so much strength, but you have to be comfortable in the car. And when I mean comfortable when you steer, you want to make sure your your elbows have enough bend in them that when you turn the steering wheel over, your arm isn't completely extended. You know, you want to be uh, agile enough and flexible enough to get in and out. But as far as strength, more importantly is focus. Because when you go mm. and you get in the car, I mean, everything is a routine and you don't stray from that. You know, I used to come back from my run and I would plug in the battery and I would put fuel in it and I would check the air in the tires before I would say anything to anybody. You know, when I get in the car, I literally put, you know, my right shoulder strap on first, my left. I mean, I in the order of my gloves and helmet, everything is the same every single time. And that's mm-hmm. what builds your consistency when you do go to the line and you get to the tree and you want to get a good reaction time. It's all about the consistency and the focus. Okay. Yeah, I get that. I've had other drivers tell me that it's a routine. They do the same thing the same way every time. Mm-hmm. And that's what mm-hmm. you just, you just said too. It's, it's a routine that you do. Mm-hmm. So tell me what, what was your worst day at the racetrack? Oh, worst day. Probably a, a, it was a learning day for me, but I was taking a license pass in the dragster that I did 170 miles an hour in, and in my cars that ran 160, 165, and you don't think it's that big of a deal, but it is a big difference going, you know, 160 versus 170 some, and it just leaves mm-hmm. quicker and it just, you know, they get to be a little different. Well, I pull, when I drove the other cars, as soon as I got over the finish line, I take my foot off the gas and I hit the brake and I never used the parachute because it wasn't really going fast enough and I wasn't hurting the brakes hard enough to really warrant using it too much. Probably would help mm-hmm. in hindsight. Well, I pulled the <laughs> parachute and it hadn't billowed yet. And so the car doesn't have suspension, so I took my foot off the gas and my foot on the brake, and then the parachute hit. Well, on two big slicks without suspension, they turn into basketball. Mm. Uh-huh. So it slammed me on the ground, and I go up and over to the left, and then I come back down, and the thought came through my head, this is how they barrel roll dragsters at the top end. And I go up mm-hmm. and over to the right, and as soon as I got down straight, I hit the gas because then the parachute's bellowed and it pulls you tight. And so it straightens you right out. And thankfully, I was taught enough and that was drilled into my head enough that I knew to do that. But that was probably one of the biggest mistakes I'd ever made. And it it was pretty scary, to be honest. Sounds very scary. Yeah. Yeah, that's very scary. So where would you see your racing career five years from now? Is there a goal you have? You'd like to move up to a different class, have this kind of car, race some kind of a series. What would you say your goal is um, in five years? Where do you see yourself? Well, of course, the natural progression, everybody wants to go faster. I don't really have, I don't really have any desire to, to run in, in the low sixes or run funny cars but I would like to move up and run in the pro nostalgia with my brothers. So that would be fun. And then, you know, if I could run the, the NHRA circuit or the heritage series from the nostalgia where, you know, they go down to Bakersfield and go to Idaho and all the different tracks, that would be fun. So just, that sounds like fun. Continuing on. Just keep doing what you're doing and moving up a little bit. 
I'd love to see you race against your brothers. That would be that would be awesome. I think that would be a lot of fun. Yeah. So, have you found that being a woman involved in drag racing, are there benefits to being a woman, or are there challenges to being a woman involved in drag racing? Well, the benefit is there aren't that many women that are drag racing. I mean, there are quite a few, but compared to the amount of men, as we know, there are much more men racing than there are women. So Mm -hmm. I kind of stick out like a sore thumb, as a lot of the women do. And my brothers give me a bad time. They're like, well, yeah, everybody knows you're here because you're a girl. (laughs) And my brother has a 55 wagon that he's had since he's 14, and he's Mm -hmm. 52 now. And we passed it on to our nephew. And the craziest thing, the kid gets in the car, and it's like he's been doing it his whole life. Everybody's amazed. But he, again, has been around racing his whole life. He gets in this car, and he does great. And everybody's excited because he's young. And next thing you know, they, they have this film crew there, and they're filming him. And Mark goes, I've been driving this car for 30 years, and this kid comes mm-hmm. out here one weekend and they're filming him. Yeah. So in relation to a woman advantages and, and not and the youngsters, I mean, it, it's what sticks out from the norm. Yeah. But I don't, I don't right. see any disadvantages because the men that I have raced with at, in Portland and, and everywhere else, they've been nothing but well welcoming. I couldn't ask for a nicer bunch of people. That's great to hear. Yeah, that's that's awesome. So <clears throat> I ran through a lot of questions. Molly, this has been a very interesting interview. I appreciate you being on with me. So is there anything that I haven't asked you about that you would like to share about your racing career or just anything about um, your race family that I haven't asked you about? Gosh, there's so much. Um, <laughs> there's there's so many things. The best advice I could give anybody is just go out to your local drag strip, and when you talk to the people, they're so kind. I mean, they're inviting and they're welcoming, and they'll talk to you. You can walk up to people, and they'll tell you about their car. And I mean, when they play the national anthem, everybody stops. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's almost an, an old school, uh, there's a lot of respect for everybody. I mean, you go to the racetrack, you leave all your tools, everything's open, exposed. And, and there's there's just a, you know, there's, it's, it's just a neat place where it's just the best time. I mean, like I said, I can't even put it in words. I'm just so used to it, but I wouldn't trade it for anything. Yeah, there's a lot of respect and there's a lot of trust among other mm-hmm. teams and and drivers. And the you know again, like you said, it's it's the place where it's home. It's a home mm-hmm. away from home. It's it's your exactly. family, even if they're not related to you, they're still your family. And to me, I I hear it week after week from the people that I interview. What is the one thing that means the most to you about your racing? career and it always comes back to my racing family and Mm -hmm. wow that's to me that's everything you know when we're when we're it's all said and done it doesn't matter how much stuff we have it's the relationships we've made and to me that's what racing and the racing family is all about so yeah but he kind of screwed over go ahead it is it's just it's neat here in wilsonville Oregon, we have a museum called the World of Speed, and mm-hmm. they actually featured Casey Pitts and Susan Mitchell in the Women's World of Drag Racing and had all their trophies because Susan Mitchell, she has driven and her son's driven, and, you know, they pass that along. And there's just so much history because even with the family, and then the the families drive and then the next family generation, the next generation. And it's just, I mean, what it passes along, it's more than just the racing. Like you said, it's 
it's the family and, and the respect and mm-hmm. second to none. It is. It, it truly is second to none. So, well, Molly, I don't have any other questions for you. So I, I really appreciate you answering my message and saying that you'd be willing to talk to a lady you've never talked to before and be on the radio show. I really appreciate that so much. Um, get your Facebook page up and going and let us know, let people know where you're going to be racing and when, because I think people would <clears throat> love to come out and watch you. And, you know, we share all of that information end, on our international night. women's motorsports page. So um, anytime you post anything about winning or racing or where you're going to be, we love sharing that onto our page mm, so that we can let did as many women wrong. as possible know or women and men, we have a lot of men who are uh, followers on our Facebook page. They all like to know where racing's going on in their area. I know when my husband and I travel, one of the things we look up is, are there any racetracks around and are they running on any time, any nights that we're there? So I encourage you to get that going and, and people will follow you and your brother. Send me that picture of you and your brothers at the starting line. I'd love to see that. And um, do you have any final words that you'd like to share? I am just so very blessed and thankful for the opportunity for you to share our story, our family story. It's, it's, I appreciate it. I just can't thank you enough. Well, I, I, following you. That's, that's great. Well, follow us on our Facebook page and we'll, we'll stay connected and, Uh, We'll try to get a story about you done in the magazine here, one of these issues soon. And I just want to, again, thank you for being on the show tonight, Molly. And um, let's stay in touch on Facebook. My pleasure. Thank you. We'll do. All right. Thank you. So that was Molly Pruitt. Uh Uh-huh. That was Molly Pruitt. She's from Portland, Oregon, and races in the Portland area. She's a lady dragster. Um, she had a great story about her and her three brothers and how they race against each other and, and how important it is that the family is together, doing things together, building relationships, making lots of memories, and really isn't that what it's all about. It's not about the trophy that you take home because that's going to sit in the corner and collect dust. It's about the people you meet, the friends you make, and the family, your racing family. So um, thanks again, Molly, and Next week, we will not have a show. I will be traveling back to the great state of Michigan. If the snow's flying, I might just take a different plane and go somewhere else. But um, I should be traveling back to Michigan next Tuesday, so there will not be a radio show. But we will have one the following Tuesday. So check in with us uh, two weeks from tonight, and we'll talk to you then. Thanks for listening.